Father, this is our prayer. Thanking you for the privilege and honor that you've done to us that we can stand in your presence. What is man that thou art so mindful of him? The Son of man that thou so visited us. Father, we have come again to feast at your table. We pray that we will be surrounded by your glory. Encounter us by your words. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the name of the Lord. This afternoon, I am going to take just a little further in the exposition. But I'm trusting the Lord to be as broad as possible to really bring to your understanding the what was in the mind of Christ when he was telling us about the end and how as a Christian as a Christian youth in this era how to stand and go through this season. Now, the era we are in now has a name. It's called the postmodern era. What do I call it? Postmodern means the word post means it has passed. So when you are talking about when you're talking about modernization or civilization, the era we are in is postmodern. What do we mean by postmodern era? Postmodern era is talking about that era where there is freedom. Freedom. That is, you are free to do anything you want. It is that era that there is strong, strong advocacy for rights. Say, this is my right. It's my human right. Are you understand what I'm saying now? Are you, are you following me? Rights. Freedom. Liberty. These are the kinds of terms that you approach in the postmodern system. Therefore, with such kind of ideology, everybody is free. You can choose to do anything you want. As a matter of fact, the postmodern era says that there is nothing that is absolute. That truth cannot be one. That it depends on the angle from which you are viewing it. So, you cannot come out and tell me that this is the standard and it has to be so. The postmodern system will tell you that everything is relative. It's not absolute. Do you understand what I'm saying now? So, because everything is now relative, good and evil is no longer a line. The line between good and evil in the postmodern era have been erased. With modernism or modernity, if you can say that's modern, modernization, 
the line between good and evil was faint. It just was faint. It was a little. It was still clear, but it was not very, very clear. But in this postmodern system, the line has been erased completely, clean. So you can't tell the the beginning of what is good and the end of good and where evil begins. Everything is permitted. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's the kind of era we are in now. And and the the organizers of this kind of error and system is no other person than Lucifer. Who? Who? Say the name clearly. Who? It's no other person than Lucifer. A situation whereby truth is relative. When we say truth is relative, what do we now mean? What we mean is that it depends on how you see it. If to you, are you listening to me? If to you, Eating debris from Eswama uh, baskets there is not wrong. That is you. There's no problem about it. If I say it's wrong, it's because I don't like it. But you like it, so it is not wrong. Now, this is the worst error that the world can ever be. Are you listening to me? This is the worst error that the universe will ever see. As a matter of fact, this era is the era that will remain until Christ comes. The era where nothing is evil again in itself and nothing is good according to them. But where it bothers me most is that the postmodern thinking and ideas is becoming Christianized to become Christian thinkings and ideas so that we can. In church now, we cannot clearly now come out and say, this is the God. I mean, this is righteous and this is iniquity. For example, have I told you of, of my classmates in secondary school who was the Nigerians, Nigerians' first transgender? Have I ever told you about that? My classmates. We sat together in class. Do you know what's transgender? Transgender is a boy that decided to become a girl. Alright? And so he changed himself to a woman. He was formerly a man. Then he changed, got surgeries done, got hormones, you know. And over time, he did transformation and changed and became a woman. The first Nigerian transgender, I sat with him in the same class in secondary school. It's my classmates. I preached Jesus Christ. I preached the gospel to him. I was FCS prayer secretary, Fellowship of Christian Students. In Abuja, where we studied, he sat on the same desk. We are on the same row. I sit, Jacobe sits, Clifford sits. His name is Clifford. Clifford, he sits. We are in the same house, Rubochi House, that is Red House, in the hostel. And when one of my friends who works in Zenith Bank in Lagos called me, Adejo Emmanuel, and said, I said, Moses, you didn't hear what did happen? I said, what's happening? Say, Clifford, don't turn to woman. Oh. That was some years ago. This was some good years ago. I think I just we just graduated. Okay, I was still in school. Yes, that was in our final year in UNEC. I said, eh, what do you mean by turn to woman? I know what he was trying to say, but he couldn't agree with my thoughts. Have you been told something and you'll be like, it's not true? Have you been told something like that? It's not, please be serious. Can this be? It's not true. 
you know, I was like, I did not know it can't be true. What are you saying? Yeah, they tell you, you don't talk to woman. No. I said, what do you mean? He now told me, he now referred me to the site. He said, go to, go to, go to, the, to his site. <clears throat> and I went there. Miss Sahara, that's his name. He did the changing and changed even his name. And answered Miss Sahara. And when I opened the internet, goggled Miss Sahara, I saw ladies. A lady. But I looked at the face. Very, I mean, resembles my classmates. Say, can this be true? I went into the profile. So let me read his profile. I started reading his profile. Everything word for word. I was getting, I was getting more scared as I read. Until he started talking about his experiences in government secondary school. I mean, mentioning my school, my class. Mentioned his friends. Called my name online. I said, ah! I can't be friend again. I don't want to be. Can somebody go and I did that thing? I don't want to be. But that was the first shocker of my life. The first shocker of my life. I was preaching in South Africa. And when I finished in Johannesburg, I was told that they came to South Africa to do what is called Talent Hunt. Talent Hunt is this activity that is organized by social bodies, uh, 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 companies, and all kinds of multinationals to look for young talents and maybe finance you to do one or two things. And I found out that behind those Talent Hunts are destructive spirits. Are you following me? Are you listening to me? How many of you know what's called Talent Hunt? Lift up your hand if you know it very well. Especially these ones that are organized by some multinationals and all these social and secular companies. Be careful about them. Everything is Lucifer organizing the stage that will destroy the young generation eternally so that nothing will be recovered of us. And so when I heard, he's, he lives in the UK up till today. He lives in the UK. Very rich, a celebrity. The moment he did that, mm, everybody started celebrating him. I thought people would stone him. I thought people would flog him. I thought some, so, I mean, I thought society would tell him, my friend, why are you doing this ugly? No. I told you yesterday that the principle of, of, of the end time, in the time of Christ, is that people will, will do what? People will do what? They will celebrate evil and do what? And mock the good. Because they unanimously, a rented crowd, unanimously voted for a criminal to be released. Am I right? Voted for a criminal. Say, Barabbas, release him. Whereas, the man that was poisoned with the passion to set men free, they said, kill him. That's the system. So, I was thinking society would be shocked to say, what kind of thing is this? They were applauding, clapping. And as society was applauding such kind of evil, I saw a wall of righteousness crashing down. Gradually in the hearts of youths. Am I right? Do you understand what I'm saying? I saw walls. Age-long walls of the fathers. The walls that our fathers raised, which kept them in their time. Under God, I saw those walls crashing down Together with the noise of the celebratory group of this current dispensation and age. It's very rich in pounds. A millionaire in pounds and dollars. And they came to do what is called humanitarian service. They came to do humanitarian service 
distribute money, scholarship scheme. You know, these these are wonderful things, right? You know, improve the lives of women and children. And it sounds so spiritual. Does that sound spiritual? Materialism, materialism is not spirituality. The problem of man is not is not material, it's moral. Are you listening to me? The problem of man is not material, it's moral. The problem of man is not possession, it's spiritual. If the problem of man was material, Jesus would have turned stone to bread and ate. But that was not his problem. Are you listening to me? If the problem of man was material, Jesus would have turned stones to bread. Turn these stones to bread if you are the son of man. If you are the son of God. And he said, man shall not live by what? But by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What the devil was trying to say is, turn this stone to bread and the people will follow you. I mean, they will know that you are one great superman that can provide needs. But Jesus told him that the problem of man is not material, it's moral. It's moral. I'm talking about the postmodern, postmodern era. Listen carefully because this will now lead us to the kind of youth you ought to be. Are you listening to me? If you want, if you really want to be a child of God and a youth in this time, as a kind of person you should be. Anything outside that, you will not succeed. I mean, you will not succeed. I'm not saying it like like I, I am trying to threaten you. I am saying what I'm sure is scriptural. Is 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 the principle of the Bible. You can't break it. Try any other means, you will fall. There is only one angle to which you can stand upright in mathematics. And it is called right angle. Every other angle is wrong in essence. Do you agree with me? Mathematics has even explained it. How many of you did mathematics here? You did mathematics, raise up your hand. Which one is the right angle? How many degrees is it? And how, how, how is 90 degrees? Is it not vertical like this? Is it not vertical like this? That's the only angle you can stand upright. Any other angle, 89.9 has already done like this. Is it not so? So there are several angles to which a man can fall. But there is only one angle to which you can stand upright. Mathematics even identified it and called it the right angle. It's mass. Pull you that thing, you fall. That is, and that is one thing about truth. Truth is one. Try any other thing outside truth, you fall. It is only a matter of time to just use your wisdom and put it together and all these hyper-grace preachers and the rest of them that are confusing the church now and preaching hyper-grace that I don't know where they got the theology from. I was watching Abel Damina. Abel Damina, with all due respect, and I got mad in my own house. I was just looking at the screen. And he said, and he said, that the God of the Old Testament is not the God of the New Testament. Ah! I said, ah, man of God! I picked up my remote. I wanted to switch off the neighbor. I said, no. No, not yet. I dropped it. I, I am a teacher of the scriptures, so I'm a scholar. So I kept the I kept my remote. I continued watching. Then he said another one that broke the camel's back. The last one that I couldn't be, I had to switch off, even though I know I could. I could bear with it, but I couldn't. If Abraham was to exist in his time, have any of you heard that kind of thing? Did, did, did you watch any of those those words? Maybe you were not informed. Like, if Abraham was to be in his own time, that he would send Abraham to foundation school or ACM. That's Abraham. That their dispensation didn't know God. It is his own dispensation that has known God. And they derail a whole generation with foul-smelling doctrine that sounds good to the ears. Have you not remembered 
that in the book of Second Timothy chapter 3, he said, in the last days, perilous time shall come. And he continued listing. He continued listing. And one of the things he listed, he said that people will have some kind of ears that has, has some insects in it. So the ears will be what? Itching. Itching them. What, the, what, does, what does itching ear mean? That they like to hear the things that pleases them and not through it. These men preached grace and I was, ho- I was shocked to, with, what I was, with the things I heard. With the things I heard. He was celebrated. And so I told my friend, a pastor friend in Johannesburg, I told him, this, this event that is being organized in Johannesburg, please, take me there. Do you know that, the, 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 that, that one coming from the UK is my classmate? He said, hey, your I want to see, please, I must get there. I must enter there. So I came in. They took me. We came. Very fine place. I mean, very fine place. Everything shows you that there is wealth. Everything shows you that that's, there is abundance of wealth. If you think you are rich, you are not. Your parents, you think your parents are rich, they are not rich. If you see what is wealth, you will know that you are poor. Are you listening to me now? Don't ever think of wealth and think of riches and believe that it is something. Keep it aside. Let it work out the purpose of God in your life. That's all it's meant for. Are you listening to me now? You are not talking. Are you listening to me? That's all it's meant for. Let it work out the purpose of God in your life. Any other thing, keep it aside. You cannot compete with them. I saw wealth flowing. Everything around you, there is wealth. So I came in, they looked at me. I, don't, I didn't look like they are, I didn't look like, like one of them. I said, please, I want to see Clifford Oche, my classmates. And I was like, who? They don't want to hear that name. Say the young man, the young man that has the young man, the transgender Nigerian, he's my friend, he's my classmate. I want to see him. They they passed me through protocols, through protocols. And I was like, How long has he been in the the, 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 the protocol young man said point of correction point of correction? She is a she. Said, Is he a he or a she? Where will I is he he or she? I was confused. Because you can't tell whether he is a she or she is a he. Can you see that even the language shows you that we are in postmodern era? Confused era. Nothing is, nothing is absolute. Don't know where to. He did everything. Changed everything, including his organs. He, he changed everything. And I was shocked to my marrows that when I entered, I entered his special room, hotel suite. And I was taken. I, 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 I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to keep the aggression in my heart. I had to bury it deep. In my bellies and, and put up a, a normal face. Wow, it, 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 it will be my pleasure to meet him. It will be wonderful. So I had to put, I had to bury the aggression in my wombs and try to manage the fire until I meet him. And to my greatest surprise, I came in. He even recognized me. Moses. I said, Don't call me that name, please. Don't call me. I looked and said, Clifford. He smiled. And I asked a question. I said, is this the kind of history? Is this the kind of history you have chosen to make for your life, for Nigeria, and for Christianity? He looked at me and said, what I feel on my inside is what I just have to be on my outside. That he feels like a woman inside. So God made him a man. 
but he feels like he's a woman inside. So he went and turned himself to a woman. That's postmodern system. Anything you feel becomes a pursuit and becomes a vision. And I want to ask you a question. Are you obliged or permitted to respond to any feeling that comes in your life? Are you permitted that? But that's what the system is saying. In this end, men become animals and become beasts. Can I show you my friend's picture? Should I show you? Let me get it now. And I snapped him. But if you look at it, because I, I don't call him him or he, I've now, I'm qualifying it with an it. If you look at it, you don't know where it belongs. You don't need to laugh or I'm sad. Very, very sad in my heart. He finished it, went on beauty pageantry with ladies and came over all second. He's a boy. My classmates. Secondary school. Did you see that? This, this, of course, this is not, this is not so, this is not, this is not anything carnal compared to what you watch in your houses. So don't say, hmm, you're bringing this kind of thing inside church. It's nothing compared to what you watch in the, on DSTV every now and then. Am I right? Nothing compared to it. As a matter of fact, they've brought immorality to your father's household. And you pay to subscribe for DSTV. And at the end of the day, you are watching Field for what you paid for. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Does it not, does it, does, does it not make sense? Look at Did you see that? He's a man. And I couldn't understand this. My classmates. If, if I had heard this story from if I had heard this story from someone, go and read the prof of, of, this is even online. Go online. Google me Sahara. Read. Are you listening to me? Google it. We had we had we had serious we, we had serious face off in South Africa. Very serious one in the room. At the point they needed they wanted to they wanted to get a you know you know the, the, the authorities to take me out. I said, please wait. It's my friend. Let's finish our discussion. One of the things I had to do, I saw my name in your profile, remove. I'm not your friend. Friendship has ended. That's number one. Please, friendship has ended. How could you be this bad to go against God? Face, face to face, you, go, you went against God. Face to face. I mean, face to face, you went against God. How can this be? I could have talked about, I could have talked about every other, every, I could have talked about every other mistakes and sin and iniquity and all that. That is, that is bearable because you can repent of it and ask God for forgiveness and then you walk, we walk about your restoration. This one, there is no restoration. It's all chemical. It's online. And that's the world we are in. Everything is up for self-definition. He was barely nude in the room. Barely nude. We had to sit down and talk. And when I left... I came back to the church where I was ministering. And that evening, it was difficult for me to preach. It was difficult for me to preach. Because even the, the, the atmosphere of worldliness, I now knew that it could be so great. That if you don't know where you belong now, you can't survive them. You can't survive the pressure. The first, I mean, the horrible advancements, the horrible menace with which they are advancing into the souls of the youth, you can't survive it. 
is 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 so is hellish. Is hellish. So everything now is relative. If you say it as fine, go ahead. And nobody should have the right to come and tell you it is wrong. And that is how I hear some Christians also begin to act relativistic. You tell them what is right to do, they begin to question your message and say, no, 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 don't disturb me. This is, this is the life I want to live. Nothing is defined again. Everything has fallen apart. Now, we don't know how we cannot define how a godly young man, a born again young man, should look in appearance. And we can no longer define how a born again daughter of Zion should look in appearance. No more definition. Is there any definition for it? Eh? It was in those days that you knew by appearance that this one is born again. Now, both the unbelievers plus the prostitutes plus the born again and plus the untransformed. If everybody appears now, you can't distinguish anywhere. That is the Characteristics of a postmodern era. Everything is mixed up and nothing is clear again. So, no definition. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me now? So, that is it. And so, how can you now distinguish yourself? That's the greatest challenge of the end time. He that can endure to the end. I told you yesterday that when Jesus Christ was talking about the word endurance, endure to the end, that the word endure in Hebrew has seven different translations. Number one of them is to distinguish yourself. He that can endure to the end is not to stand and say, mm, I will not give up, mm, I will not give up. No, 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 no. That's just one part of it. Endurance number one is to distinguish yourself. So, when, 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 you, when they call it huponemo, huponemo means distinguish. That is to say, he that can choose to live, a, to become different, appear different, live different, Behave differently till the end shall be saved. Did you, did you, did you get what I said now? So, the word endure, the first explanation there is distinguishing. Is to distinguish. The second word, so, so, so the question now is, Young lady, young brother, daughter of Zion, son of the kingdom. The question you must put to yourself now as you are sitting and listening to me is clear. In the midst of this, how clear can we differentiate your person from their people? Are you following me now? Are you following me? How clearly can we differentiate your person from their people? If you enter among them, don't do you not really blend? Do you know that now it hurts my heart that what mentors the world, what mentors young people now in the world is the secular, humanistic, demonically driven society. That is what mentors the youth now. How do I mean? 
what becomes what becomes you know common and general among youth these days anything that becomes common and general among us go and look at that thing and trace it it is one worldly demon possessed clear luciferian that he released it and once he released it it becomes all that the youths go with take for example i see some comments i really don't know what it means eh? I see, I see one comment. Let me use simple, simple things that are not too far-fetched. I see something they wrote, they write. I don't know what it means, but I'll pronounce it. If it's not correct, you correct me. Bae, B-A-E. Have you, have, has anybody ever seen such thing? You are laughing. It's like you have seen it. Or do you use it? You use it too. B-A-E. Bae. What does that thing mean, please? Eh? Okay, bae. Bae. So what, please? Can anybody? Don't be ashamed. I don't know what it means sincerely. But I see it being used everywhere. What does that mean? What does it mean? Hmm? Before anyone else. B-A-E. Fine. Alright. Before anyone else. Who invented that? Who invented it? I've, of course. I didn't die and came back to life yesterday. I've been alive. The, the bear issue. I just started seeing it like. few Last year. No, two years ago. Is it more than two years? It's recent. It's a recent thing. So, oh, everybody's phone. Somebody will say, you are bae. You are bae. I say, what is bae? Everybody is now calling, calling one another bae. What is it? Is it bae? It's not bae. It's bae. She's laughing at me. <laughs> I don't know. If I had known, I would pronounce it well. Okay. But, but it, it's recent. It became an argument in our house a few days ago. I said, please, everybody come and sit down. We finished evening prayer. I said, I want to ask a question. What is this? And everybody said, and they said that it, it, it was some of these boys that act films and these music stars that started using the words to call their friends. Something like that, right? They are, they are, they are lovers and all that, right? It was the words they used in calling, you know, talking about their lovers and all those things. And I was like, oh, is that what has become a general terminology now? That you see, even WhatsApp profile of daughters of Zion, they will just put Jesus Bay, Jesus Bay, Bay. Okay, okay, okay. What is Bay doing with Christ again? I've never seen it in the Bible. That's postmodern era. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me now? That's postmodernism. They just keep manufacturing things and giving you. You are taking and using. You don't even know what it means. You don't know how it came. The, the foundation from which it emerged, you don't even know. But there is there seems to be a homogenization. That's what bothers me. That homogenization of society. How do I explain it now? That is everything is now looking the same. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Everything is now looking the same. Church and state is now looking the same. Society and spirituality, the same. Canality and, and, and are you are you understand what I'm saying now? So, the homogenization is blending more and more. More and more. And that is the greatest disaster of the end time. So, Jesus now used the word which means separate, distinguish. Where are the sons and daughters that will stand up and say, God, until my dying day, I will stand a distinguished daughter of the kingdom. Distinguished son of Zion. 
I want to be. Everything in my life will show it. My language will know. I mean, will show that I am distinguished. Because I don't use slangs. Any, I don't use all these, you know, the slangs of the world. They, they develop slangs and release. And you too come and collect slangs and you are still using it. And you forgot that the Holy Ghost can also develop words in you. Or can't he? Can't he? All scriptures is God breathed. Are you aware of that? Scripture is, is, is scriptural. Second word. All scripture is what? God's breath. And it is profitable for doctrine. It is profitable. It's profitable to doctrine. It is useful for rebuke, for correction. It is useful for the edification of them. All scripture is breathed of God. So it was humans, you and I, people, men of like person like both of us, that sat down under the breath of the Spirit of God within them. They were penciling down knowledge and scripture. And you had. And your own world has degenerated that you don't produce anything. It's society that is giving you what to use. What they give you by you are using. You see the problem? The homogenization is so terrible. It's postmodern. The system is becoming one. It just comes into the air. It sweeps the whole. It sweeps the whole. The whole. I mean, the the the, the, the whole horizon is swept. Do you know that when I sit down and I see what the secular society celebrates? For the fact that the secular society is celebrating it alone, it's already, it's already, a, it's already a problem for me to accept it. <laughs> Hello, are, are you listening to me? Somehow, for the fact that the secular society seems to be so, so drawn and so, so attached to this thing, it's already a reason why I should look at it twice before I entered it. And that was the reason why. That's the only thing, the only reason why I looked at it and. I, I was among those in Nigeria who didn't do MMM. You don't call MMM. You don't want to talk now. It's like it's like the thing really dealt with you. Open your mouth and talk. Do you know what's MMM? I appear like it's like I was the only one who didn't do it. Because the the I mean the rush was too much. The noise was too much. It was generating too much of noise that the noise even came up to the pulpit. I said, eh. How can this noise reach four feet? I said, no. The noise came into my house. Knocked. We opened it. It came in. He started talking. And it was from our own brethren. One of my brethren. And he said, Moses, if you sit here, God has opened up a door of... <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. And I was waiting to hear the door. I was already getting ready to pray with him. When he was telling me God has opened up a door, then I heard them and my spirit fell back. My spirit just fell down back. I said, ah. If you are not even ready, man of God, I can pay for you. Once it once the return comes, you see it. Ah. And I sat down in my heart. I said, Moses, don't you want to be richer than you are now? Yes, I want to. Is it a way out? Can we go for, for it? Here comes here comes that voice. 
here comes that voice. We sang that hymn in my house this morning. And tears rolled down from my eyes. Be thou my guidance and my guide. And lead me lest I fall. And if the tempter cross my way, yet he may not prevail. Do you know that hymn? Be thou my guidance and my guide, and hold me lest I fall. And if the tempter crosses my way, yet he may not prevail. While we sang that song, it, it struck me again. That voice came and said, I have a better way to prosper you. If it, if it comes to prosperity, I can prosper you more than what you already have. Haven't you prospered already? I said, Lord, I, I think, I believe I'm, I have prospered. He said, I can prosper you the more. Stay with me. I came to church on Sunday. I was angry. So I climbed the pulpit. I told them, please be careful with this MMM all, all of you are doing. Be careful, be careful with it. I hear some of you sending me tests. Daddy, daddy, register. Register. At, at, you are telling me, be careful with it. Many of them started preaching the gospel immediately. Those that couldn't convert a soul were making great converts in MMM kingdom to, to the salvation of MMM was really advancing. It was horrible. It wasn't encouraging. Unfortunately, I didn't know that it has taken so much of God's people. I didn't know until they had until they say it had issues. Until they say it had issues. Up till last week, I still had counseling. I still I still had a counseling session of somebody who came to tell me to pray. How there seemed to be this spirit after his life. That makes him fall each time he is rising. And he gave me instances of all the falls that he had fallen. After having amassed so much of things to advance in life, he falls. And he said, for example, the last concluding MMM, I invested one point so, so, so million in it and it was gone, all gone. It is part of that foundational and demonic problem that has been troubling my life. And I said, I said when did MMM become the foundation and demonic problem of your father's family? When? is because you cannot understand that there is a system that is operational now. Are you listening to me? In postmodern era, both wealth creation and prosperity is packaged in the postmodern principle. Are you listening to me? I wish I could have time to do it like a lecture where we project things. You, I would have shown you a lot of things. Documents, quotes, write-ups, scholarly works on post-modernism and examples, global systems in operation. I would have shown you things. Nothing has a standard anymore. Ideas are relative. And in, it has affected every area of knowledge. Are you listening to me? It has affected every area of knowledge. Your means to distinguish yourself. It was a few days ago we were looking at the whole issue, and I understood that the world is already in trouble. It's already in trouble. 
I was speaking with my friend. The, the Nigerian transgender. Many other transgenders followed him. That came to Lekki to hunt for talent also. That was December, three years ago. Unfortunately, I was also in Lekki preaching in December. And I said, what is this that seems to cross my path with this young man? And I started praying for him. I started praying for him. We have, we have a way we chat. We are connected online. And few, few, that was last, early last year. I found out that he has started having some soft thoughts, some, some soft or sympathetic spots about the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because what happened is that they sold their soul to the devil. Are you understand what I'm saying now? They sold it. So, they are supposed to have one of the kind of consciences in the Bible that is called seared conscience. You know, there are four kinds of conscience in the Bible. Are you aware of that? Four kinds of conscience. There is the good conscience, there is the weak conscience, there is the evil conscience, and there is the seared conscience. So, they are the extreme of conscience, of, of consciousness. So, they are seared. The conscience is seared with hot iron. What it means is that it's like it's been burnt with fire. So, if you, it's, it's stiffened. It cannot, it cannot respond anymore. It's dead. Before you can get life out of it, you cauterize and cauterize and cauterize. It may not even work. So, so take an example of, 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 of someone burnt in the fire. Have you ever seen all these pictures of Boko Haram burning people? And Have you seen people burnt in, someone burnt totally in the fire? How, does, how do they look? Horrible, right? Anything you understand that, that's what a seared conscience looks like. That's a seared conscience. It's burnt. With hot iron. But I found out that although he is looking for a way to come out, he seemed trapped in, in what he has done that there is no, no, no the, the journey of, re, of no return is what he has entered. There is no door for returning. And so they have to keep maintaining such with millions of dollars. And the network of Satanists that is financing this are, are still financing him in dollars and in pounds tellings. Does, is that what makes life? Dollars and pounds tellings. Is that really what will make life good? I want to ask a question. Jesus Christ himself said that, that the strength of a man is not in the amount of possessions which he has owned. A young boy from a young boy from um, from University of Portacourt came to Nsuka. We had a meeting. It's a youth, youth conference. We had a youth conference and delegates came from Uganda. Delegates came from Kenya. Delegates came from all of some, some, some East African countries and West African countries. They came. And the pastors and preachers came. Our bishop helped us organize it. We call it Someko. And so they came. And our bishop spoke to me and said that the Lord told him that this Someko is one of the wheels with which God will change young people and drive them. And I seem to be the one championing youth ministry in my diocese. Everything about youth seemed to be on my shoulder. So we were praying and praying and trusting the Lord, doing studies, writing Bible study, you know, going through manuscripts and all manuscripts, and we were walking round the clock to make sure we come up with what can be taught. And all of a sudden, the young man came in. Son of a priest. And told me, I want to ask you a question, sir. I said, yeah, what's going to be? 
Say, can somebody feel differently inside of him, whereas his appearance and, 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 and his body feels another way? So how do you mean? Say, because I feel I am a woman. I looked at him. He had already started dressing like a, like a lady, putting stuffs. Take a picture. Send it to their, to their group page. In everything now, the world is in one small village. Am I right? Am I right? It's called cyber world. It's called cyberspace. Cyberspace is not a big space. It's a space that contains the whole world in a small thing like cell phone. So it's cyber. Every evil runs and nobody is bothered about it. And because it's in a postmodern world, People can come up with any nonsense and tell you it's what they feel. And the world will just turn around to your greatest surprise. They will start laughing. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is great. You can't believe it. One of them came up one of them came up just last month and said that his own feeling is that he is neither feeling to be a man or a woman that he doesn't want to be any of them. Have you heard that one? That's, this one is last month in Kao. He doesn't want to feel like man or woman. He doesn't feel anything. So, he wants to achieve his feeling physically. So, he went... I mean, okay, he came out of the series of surgeries as at last month. He took 110 surgeries in one body. 110 surgeries. Look at it in my phone. I have it. I'm connected to them. How many surgeries? How many surgeries? 110. Let me count it for you. 35 sessions of whole body and face laser treatment. The second category of surgery. 12 cheek fillers. Cheek fillers. 12 times. He went into theater. One. A feel he carried the cheek. So, although not full enough. Or not to again. A feel he or they over full. As soon as he reduces it. Or not to again. Are you understand what I'm saying? 12 cheek filling. Two bra- brow filler. Brow. This one. They feel it. Fifteen lips fillers. These are sessions. Surgeries. Ten fillers of random wrinkles. Then, five Botox sessions. The word Botox is botulinum toxin. I understand. I, I know it in medicine. This thing can kill your nerves. It will not be functioning again. So, they did Botox sessioning with his eyes. So, they, they killed everything around the eye. His eyes were just open. He doesn't blink. It doesn't blink again, so it just open like that. Actually, when they finished it, five nose sessions, one buttocks under eye session, five facial peels, twenty cryofacial freezing, and these whole surgeries became one hundred and ten. By the time they finished the surgery on him, see one of them because it was through it was through my friend as I was chatting and he told me, look at the quarantine in town, look at one of them, one of the surgery sessions when he came out, and the world was clapping for him. People were donating money in dollars and in pounds. And they were celebrating him. And by the end of the day, they said, since you don't feel like a man or a woman, look at the person. Look at him when he was normal. Look at him when he was normal. Can you see it? Can you see the normal person? Look at him when he was normal. So since you don't want to feel like a man or woman, then you don't want to be male or female. What then do you want to be? He said, I want to be like an alien. I want to, be like, I want to become an alien. You know what's called an alien? If you watch movies, you know. And by the time he was done, with his 110 surgeries. He came out like this. 
alien. Does he not look like one of those aliens? Um, can somebody give me one movie, one alien movies? No, I don't want to talk. Look at all of you are now doing like. Call the name. One of those alien movies, alien. Eh? We vote now, just we vote. Avatar. Yes, he's alien. He's alien now. Is he not? But Avatar is like animal aliens. He has. I think the, the Avatar has tails like that. He has tails. Which one is. Okay, another alien. I know I've seen Avatar in posters, so I know it's a few. Which one again? Yeah? Independence Day. Is he, is he alien? Ah, really? So Independence Day is alien. Independence Day is one of the films. Independence Day is one of the films that describes the Illuminati world. I hope you know that. All over Independence Day movie, there are subliminal messages of Freemasons, Illuminati, and Satan. Lucifer. So if it's aliens, look at it. Because it's not him, it's not she. So don't call it, it's it. Look at it. It's now alien. Both organ plastic, they changed. Looking like a reptile. That's the world we are in now. And can you see the hair? What's the color of the hair? Blue. Haven't you seen ladies putting blue on the hair today? It's blue anywhere close to natural human being color. Even if you want to make your hair. What is blue doing on your hair? I'm just speaking like a logical man. I don't want to. I'm not a spiritual man. Just using your normal logical reasoning. What will blue be doing on your hair? I went for a wedding in Lagos. And I went to the sister. And she painted on her lips green color. Green. Green. Yeah. Green. I don't know what's wrong with your lips. And your attachment with all of those things. It's your business. Thank God Reverend Moses is a bro. And I'm a man. And I thank God I'm a man. But even if I'm a woman, I think God will know what to do with my life. Because I've decided to give it to the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? It is green in the mouth. I went to her and I said, why did you put green? And I thought she should be shocked that a pastor is talking. But she smiled and said, it's the color of the day. It's the color of the day. Nonsense. Color of the day. So if color of the day is purple, Anything it is, bring it and rub on your body. Everywhere. Because it's your wedding color of the day. She put green. In postmodern world, nothing is wrong. Are you understand what I'm saying now? Are you listening to me? That's the era we're in. In this era, nothing is what? Is wrong. So, when Jesus said, you have to endure till the end. What he was saying, number one, is that you must distinguish yourself. Then when we say endure, another word for endure means to go through. Go through it. Go through it unchanged. Go through it. The way you were when you were entering the tunnel, that's how you will become when you come out unchanged. How many of you? Just because the Lord gave you admission one month in the university, you started changing. You can't even go through the university and come out. The word endure means go through. Look at the friend and say, go through it. So, you can't even walk through through an environment of, of secularism. You can't even walk through an environment of secularism and come out untouched. And come out the same. One month on campus. 
You are becoming a different person from what daddy and mommy left at home. The word endure means go through it. Jesus said, And whosoever shall go through these things and still come out the same at the end shall be saved. So when you hear endure, the word hoponimo, it has seven dimensions. That's the exposition I'm trying to bring since yesterday. The seven dimensions. The first one is distinguishing. Are you following me now? Did you remember it? The first one is what? So, you, when they look at you, you must be different from them. That's number one. Then number two is that you will be among them. You will be among them, but can't be like them. You go through them and come out unchanged. I looked at one of, I, I, I looked on Facebook and I saw, you know, Whatever you paste on Facebook is what you are celebrating. True or false? Okay, don't answer me, but let me, put, let me tell you. Anything you are bold enough and proud enough to paste on Facebook, it means you are not ashamed of it. Are you understanding me now? Because, so, I don't know. Do you think that Facebook is one social media for you and your brother in the house? It's a way of talking to your brother. Or a way of talking to your sister in Lagos. Anything you paste there, the whole world is what you told. Am I right? Am I right? So therefore, I think that anything you are proud enough to paste on Facebook is who you are. Forget about what I'm saying in church. And one of those days, I had the freedom, I was scrolling and scrolling, and I saw her on Facebook. I looked, looked, and looked. I looked at it. I said, huh? Is this not sister, so and so? I mentioned the name. I called my wife, I said, I can see. Is this not, is this, is there, Oh no, oh no, oh no campus. That's what my wife told me. Oh no campus. Ah! Said error. Look at your friend. Ask him, can't you go through it? No, tap him. Ask him, simple, can't you go through it? Just a little association with the environment. You are influenced. Just a few days that he came with his ungodly notions, ungodly, ungodly ideologies, ungodly characters and charts, ungodly comments. Hey, Motago, you have learnt it. You are too quick to attract. I mean, you look like you look like a receptacle. I mean, I mean, like like the receptacle of a flower. And you, I mean, you are just waiting for anything that lands on you so that you accept and become pollinated. To endure means to go through. Go through the system. Go through the corruption. Are you listening to me now? Go through the decay of the society. Yet, come out and tell society, I went through the system, but I wasn't changed. Where are the sons and daughters that can remain? One of my friends saw me a few days ago in a meeting. I was in Cameroon. We studied together. I was preaching in Cameroon, so he was in the church. He's a medical doctor there. And he said, Ha, Reverend Moses, this is your pastor where you start from campus. You have not stopped. You are even going higher. I looked at him. I said, You do start medicine for campus. You don't stop. He asked me about my work. I told him, I said, look, 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 I'm, I'm walking. I'm trying to walk. Look at the things I'm doing. And so the world is looking at you. They know you today. They want to see how you become in five years' time. They are watching you. You are here now acting like sister, right? Let's see five years time. That's what the world is saying. 
Can you hear what I said now? Or can't you hear them tell you, tell you that? You are not answering me. Can't you hear them say it? You are here acting. Until, do you know? Somebody said, all this prayer he is praying, the university. That is the word endure. Can you go through it? If today the enemy comes with all the inventions and destructions and seductions of this present age and they encounter you and you alone, can you go through it? That's the word endure. That was what Jesus Christ was saying. That he's searching for daughters and sons who can who have developed spine with God. That no matter what the devil can do, you stand your ground as a child of God and say, This is my most holy faith. It's not going back. That's endurance. Distinguish yourself. You go through it. The third Greek word that isn't... Because I won't be mentioning the Greek. There's no need. The third Greek word that talks about endurance is confronting the situation. Confront. Not to run away. Endure means to face it and not to run away. So, when the Bible, when, when, when they say, and the battle endured, it means that the war continued. Have you watched epic movies? Has any of you, do any of you watch epic movies? At least I, I have one epic movie I watch. It's in my house. I kept it. I watch it. Do you know the movie? Lord of the Rings. Do you know that movie? Do you know that movie? I have it in my house. I kept it. I have another epic movie I watch. There are two. One of them is there. It's the, that one is Chronicle of Narnia. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is a philosopher. He's a theologian. If you don't know. C.S. Lewis, he, was, he used Chronicle of Narnia to write the gospel. Chronicle of Narnia is gospel after the movie, so I kept it in my house. Of course, C.S. Lewis is one of the philosophers we study in theology. If you don't know. Very wonderful, fine theologian. Dead Christian. He was the man that wrote Pilgrim's Regress. You know, there's a book called Pilgrim's Progress, right? C.S. Lewis wrote about his own allegorical conversion to the Christian faith as Pilgrim's Regress. That is, that is, he has gone past the wall. So God now brought him in a regression back to Christ. Speaking of regress. And so he began to liken himself like Paul. That Paul was another regression. Because Paul started and saying, that I may know him. The power of his resurrection. Fellowship of his suffering. And then to be like him. So he came, he came from the backside to know Jesus Christ. Other disciples knew him in, in anterograde format. He came from the retrograde dimension. Are you understand what I'm saying now? You will not understand. This is a high for you. I wish I was talking to adults. But are you understanding me? You understanding me now? The apostles knew Jesus by knowing him, having a little fellowship of his suffering, then seeing his death and seeing his resurrection and entering the glory of his baptism, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's how they knew him. But Paul came from the backside. Said that I may know him. And the power, he had known him then. Knew that there was the power of resurrection. Then came back and knew fellowship of his suffering. Before he now came back to know who Christ is. That was what C.S. Lewis was writing. In Pilgrim's Regress. And he delivered a classical teaching. About it. It changed my life when I was reading it. He said wow. Some people have got an encounter with Jesus Christ. And you need to learn from them. He wrote that movie. Chronicle of Narnia. Aslan and the rest of them. How many of you have watched that movie? Did you understand the movie when you were watching? Did it look like the gospel to you? You really understood it. And when you go back, take critical understanding, look at it. The lion in that movie 
He was talking about Christ. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. No, no. Are you, are you following me now? He was talking about Christ. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. They interviewed C.S. Lewis. And he said it classically that he was writing about the gospel. But it was a movie. And he said that the Lion Aslan was Christ. And he said that he died in place of that small boy. He was the boy that committed the crime, right? And, and he came and decided to die. So they killed him. And the prince of darkness was rejoicing that Aslan was dead, right? And what happened to the stone altar? It broke, right? Okay, you watch the movie. But that was what Jesus did upon the cross. Satan thought that by crucifying Christ, he has won the victory. He didn't know that the altar of hell was broken. His death broke. And he came back to life and fought the battle and won the victory. So he was writing about it. And so what was what, what I talking about? That these men were people who have decided to confront the evil. So, category number three of those who will endure this are those who have been ready to look at the evil at the face. Look at immoral, at your immoral friend at the face. I bought to I bought, tell him, you've been immoral and my life cannot go with you any longer. Then you are enduring. You can face it. It's not to run away. Where will you even run to? Now you do free from, from, the, from the calamities of this world. Where will you enter? Your, your father's house. You want to stay at home? Internet will meet you there. Or you want to run to the campus? Oh. <laughs> even, even some lecturers will invite you to come, and, to come and sleep with them before they give you marks. Or don't, don't it happen? And you have, you'll be wondering, what, who else will mentor me on moral living? When those who you are looking up to as those who impart you with knowledge. Are imparting knowledge plus immorality. What are they then imparting? School systems have failed. But we are still there. We have to stay. We have to study. I was sad. Why I came out. And, and, and some children, some, some youth were failing. Failing why and everything. And they were coming from some very notable schools. And I went close. And I started making some investigations. And I found out that notability of the school is in name. Not in practice. It's just a name. Alpha. Alpha can answer. Everything has gone bad. So, Jesus was now saying, Help us endure. What does it mean? That you, it is time for you to open, I mean, for you to receive utterance to confront iniquity. And don't be silent. That whenever you are seated and all around you, evil is going on and you are quiet, then you are not enduring it. As a matter of fact, for evil to prevail around you and you are silent, that evil will soon swallow you up. Are you listening to me? Confronting it is the best form of winning the battle. For the best form of defense is how? Somebody shout attack. I can't hear you. The best form of defense is how? It's attack. So, the word endure means to attack it. How will you sit? I mean, why sit on, why sit you here till you die? Why? Why will you sit on the seat of lust and pornography till you die? Why not get up and confront it? When? When are you going to confront it? That was the question the lepers asked themselves. Why sit we here till we do what? Till we die. And I found out something about that question. I studied it in my Bible. I opened and I read the question. I said, question mark. Answer. What was the answer to that question? Because every question should, 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 I mean, deserves an answer, right? So, 
I got the question and I kept it. And I started looking for the answer. Why sit we here till we die? And by the end of my study, I found out that that question had no answer. And the answer was clear. There was no reason for them to remain there till they die. They asked themselves, why sit we here till we die? If we go back to the city, we will still die. So there is nothing different between the city and here. Alright? If we go to the enemy's camp, we will still die. So there's nothing different between the enemy camp and here. But there is a possibility. The enemy may spare also and give us something to eat before they kill us. But if they give us something to eat, we'll survive. You understand what I'm saying? But that was not the only situation that kept them at that gate. Was, was it the famine that kept them at that gate in the first place? What was it that kept them there? Their situation, leprosy. <laughs> it was leprosy that kept them there, not the famine. So, so their sitting there has nothing much to do with the, fa- with the famine. <laughs> Are you listening to me now? It has to do with the leprosy situation that kept them there. And the Holy Ghost told me, many have been kept in a position by one lecherous heart of iniquity. Leprous heart of iniquity. I read of a Christian theologian and a philosopher, Malcolm Mugridge. Malcolm Mugridge is a journalist. He's born again. And he's a philosopher. And he's also a priest. And he wrote extensively, extensively about the current decay that is going on. And he used himself when he was, I mean, before he met Christ, he used himself. And what the word that Christ dropped in his heart that broke him. He went on swimming. And when he traveled and came to swim, he said he saw a lady swimming at the other side of the small beach. And he decided that he was going to violate everything about the rule of morality in his life that day. So, he went into the water and was swimming towards the girl. He said he was swimming harder and harder. And every zeal and hormones in his body was saying, Go! It's a wonderful time. And as he swam and went and did, um, and did what, what do you call the one you swim underneath? And you, don't, you just come up in front of him. He went underneath, swam, only to rise up before the face of the girl. And to his utter horror, he was standing face to face with a leper. The lady was leprous. The, fa- the, no- the nostrils are all matted up. Fingers leprous. She was swimming. So when she came and saw that the girl he saw from afar on a close range is a leper. He opened his heart and said what a lecherous girl she is. He said immediately he heard a voice that said to him what a lecherous heart you have. Did you hear that? You are busy looking at her and saying, what a leprous human being she is. And you were going, oh, he swam again and ran away. And while he was going, a voice told him, what a leprous heart you have. And that was it. He came to, he came to Jesus Christ. When are you going to confront that young boy that has been busy disturbing you with all kinds of distractions in the name of charts and text messages. And you read and quickly delete so that daddy will not see it. You read and delete. Read and delete. Read and delete. Is it not the principle? You are not talking. Is it not the, is it not the principle? It's time to confront things. Look at the principle. It's time to rise and confront your enemies. I can't hear you. Look at it. Say rise and confront the enemy. 
you start to confront. That is what Christ meant when he said, endure is to confront it. How long will you run away? How long will you pretend as though nothing is wrong? When everything is going wrong, how long will you sit like you are normal? And you can tell that everything in your system has gone up normal. Jesus is waiting and asking, who shall endure till the end? And he's saying, who shall distinguish himself till the end? Who shall go through it and come out on the end on spot? I mean, I mean untouched, unbroken. Who? And who can stand and confront it? Even when everybody is singing the chorus of worldliness, you stand to become the lone voice to, to tell them, as far as the Lord endures, Scripture has made it clear. The Lord knows those who are His. And He that named the name of the Lord shall depart, must depart from iniquity. Of course, that's not the kind of message they want to hear. But how are you going to confront it? I went into an Anglican church. And because there were obvious signs of occultism. I mean, there were obvious signs of occultism all over the church in the name of architectural decoration. And I was, I, at the point, I became, I became pissed off. And I, the, the, the authorities of the church are well-learned people. I was like, they should know these things. And I couldn't hold it. So I asked a friend, how long has this church been built? He said, it's like, it's like more, than, more than 11 years now. I said, ah, 11? These things have been here? Yes. So I called the leader of the church. I said, sir, he said, he's an archdeacon. Very high one. Sir, are you aware of this? Are you aware of this? These are occultic symbols. He said, no, they are not occultic symbols. They are, they are religious. They are religious and they are architectural. He said, sir, this is not architectural. This is occultic. He defended it. He said, sir, please, can I show you something? I quickly went and brought my laptop, opened it, typed the whole thing, brought my documents, opened, showed him. Look at this one now. I just brought it and showed him. This is the ohms. The ohms and the pi. It's occultic symbols of, of Haiti. Look at this one. It's Freemasonry. Look at it. Look at the other one. The man became offended. That is why we don't want little, little preacher boys like you to come around and come. And that was how they ended my, my appointment. <laughs> and sent me away. And I was happy to go away. And while they were wondering, why did they terminate the preaching appointment, engagement of Reverend Moses? Everybody is excited that Reverend Moses was coming to preach. And they say he's no longer preaching. Why? There was, there was commotion underneath. And the brethren gathered and some came to me and said, why? I said, I will tell you why. I won't hide it. I showed your priest some things in the church that are occultic symbols. And I tried to explain to him and he became offended. He even said he will report me to my bishop. So I'm happy. Let him report. I don't care. I came to preach Christ and truth regardless of whose toes he stepped upon. A notable Anglican church in Enugu here is an, an embarrassment. Each time I cross the Anglican church, I cry. Because by men looking at it, it is a bold occultic symbol seated in front of the church. Bold announcing the takeover. The occultic. Well, one of our churches in Enugu here, I cry. He whips it, pains my heart. And I called somebody and said, Sir, have you not observed this? He said, oh, We know now, we know. He said, You know? He says, Are you sure you know? We know. It's, it, that's how they are. Said, and nobody is talking. And my heart was broken. We have come to the world where. If you confront, if you rise to confront, you become the victim. Are you listening to me? 
Any day you speak the truth, you become the victim. I want to ask you a question. Why did the Jews suffer persecution? Wasn't it because they spoke the truth? Yes. Did you know, you forgot what I taught you yesterday? Did I not tell you about emperor worship yesterday? Do you remember? I taught you about emperor's worship, right? And I told you about the revolt. Did I not? Did I tell you about those who did I tell you about daily guide of yesterday? Did I, did I tell you something about that? Did you read it? Did you saw the introduction? Antiochus 4, Epiphanius, and the Maccabean revolt. You can go and read. Go Google it. Assignment. Read it on the internet. Can you read it? Will you read it up? Will you read it up? How many of you can access the internet? Raise up your enemies. You can access it. You have something to access the internet. Okay. Read about Maccabean revolt. Go and read it. It's talking about the persecution of the Jews. When some leaders decided to change the worship of God and the worship of Christ to become the worship of men. So gradually they were changing the systems of God's church to become worshipping of men. If you have money, you are worshipped. If you have power, you are worshipped. Okay? If you have influence, you are worshipped. If you have fame and popularity, you are worshipped. And so that thing became a normal thing. Because the church of there used it in raising all kinds of um, financial fortune. You, you got what I'm saying now? Does it look like what is happening in our churches today? Does it have any resemblance? Or you don't know? Of course it looks like that. And so, in the process of that, the early Christians said no! That this was not the teaching of Jesus Christ. So they were enduring the sound doctrine. That's what it means. They were enduring the sound doctrine by rising up to say, no, this is not the teaching of Christ. We worship no man. We worship the Lord. Honor, give honor to those that honor is due. Respect those in authority. Pray for them. But not to accord certain kind of privileges that begin to look as if you are worshipping them. No! And when the Christians spoke from the truth that was the basis of the kingdom of God, it was one of the reasons why they were hated. And everybody among that setup decided to terminate Christianity. Terminate Christianity. I remember... One of that man, his name is Gaius, Gaius the Caligula. He said before he dies, before his death, that Christianity must have been wiped out. But unfortunately, on his dying bed, his heart was broken because Christianity was waxing stronger and advancing. And before he died, he lifted up his voice in Latin and shouted, Vicente Galileo! Vicente Galileo! What does that mean? You have prevailed, O man of Galilee! And he died. And that was what was written on his gravestone. Vicente Galileo. The man that said Christianity will, be end, will end. Became, became the preacher of Christ in grave. His gravestone is preaching Christ till today. The man of Galilee has prevailed. If you think you will deny Jesus. I'd like you to know. That Jesus will not fail. At the end. Identify with him. Because at the end he will prevail. If you believe it say amen. I didn't hear you, amen. I said, say amen. He will prevail. I have chosen to identify with him. I know that he will prevail. V60 Galileo. V60 He was shouting. And people were wondering. He died. He just took his last breath. Shouted that and died. Because his heart was broken. 
that his mission failed. He boasted with all his, his emperor, emperor glory that before his tenure ends, that Christianity will be wiped out. He went on killing and slaughtering, but Christianity was advancing. I'd like you to know that if you rise up and confront this evil, your life will advance. You can't lose it. The Bible said, for they that will save their life and hide it will lose it. But those that will risk it and lose it for the sake of Christ will save it. I've gone for missions and evangelism trips that almost took my life. I don't know. In fact, by the time I stepped my feet in one of the seas and streams far away from home, far away from Nigeria, I asked myself, Moses, what brought you here? How, how, how did you come this far? Away from home. I met some Islamic clerics in Ethiopia where I went to preach. They didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And everything there was, I mean, everything was volatile. You need to be careful of how you speak and how you step. Otherwise, you will be, you will be murdered. And the people told me, it was an underground church. Hello? Hello? It was an underground church. I, they took me and I visited the Coptic sites. Those Coptic churches, the early, I mean, the Augustine Hippo brethren and the fathers of faith, those little, little relics, I went and saw and I touched the thing, I touched it and I said, faith of our fathers. And I looked at it, I said, faith of our fathers, goose nimbus ran through my body and I stood quietly and, and, and I knew, I knew that men have lived and fought for this faith and have prevailed. The Holy Ghost is saying, Moses, how far are you going to fight for the kingdom? Or will you sit down and watch evil prevail and keep quiet? In our systems, even in our places of work, even in our institutions, even in, I mean, even in our offices, evil is prevailing. And we are children of God and you are there, you are silent. You are not enduring. One of the definitions by, I mean, by, the, by the Hebrew and Greek interpretation of the word endure, which Christ meant, was to confront this situation. I spoke to one of one of one of my one of my mentors. I call him mentor because he taught me in school. He taught me in school. But I was getting fed up with what I was seeing in the in the health system. I was seeing a lot of falsehood, a lot of lies. I mean, something that was almost criminal. I was seeing criminal. That's what I was seeing. I couldn't hold it. How can a whole hospital, you call teaching hospital, don't have one ventilator? One, one ventilator and people are dying. And you say you are an institution. is a lie. From the money you generate, you can have 50 if you want. It's there. Somebody is just sitting and embezzling it. The system is destroying it. And I looked at him. And I didn't know when he fell out of my mouth. And I said, sir. I don't think you will be exempted from God's judgment for this thing to be going on. And you are still here, running and saying you're a leader. And you are aware. And there is no, I, I don't believe that, that the institution cannot, cannot hold certain kinds of meetings and call this in an agenda. And seven of them will not be available in two months. But not even one is working effectively. And innocent souls are dying every day. Some people said that the reason why evil is prevailing is because the good people see it and keep quiet. That's why evil is prevailing. 
and I get sick. And Jesus said, if you want to endure it, it's to become violent. For since the day of John the Baptist up till now, the kingdom of God has been suffering what? And violent men take it out. Violent is not to go and start fighting. It's to see the truth and speak. When you, are, when you speak the truth to a violent person, are you aware of that? When you are speaking the truth to a violent person, even society will see you as violent. Speak the truth, you are violent. Speak the truth, you don't have respect. Say the truth, you don't have courtesy. Do you, do you agree with me? Say the truth now, you don't have courtesy. Say the truth now, you are not politically correct. You know, the only way about political, being politically correct. Politicians are, 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 oh God, may God deliver politicians. With all due respect, I don't care. May God deliver them. You look at evil, package it and call it politically correct. And one man who was a politician looked at me and said, for me, I will not accept it as a person, but it is politically correct. You cannot accept it as a person, but it is politically correct. It's not a strange thing. That is the pattern of the postmodern system where your religion becomes private. So, keep your spirituality and your religion private. Don't bring it to a social affair. Are you, are you understanding me now? So don't bring it to a public affair. This is, this is a secular affair. So when you come to the secular affair, keep your faith private. Otherwise, you will be, you will be, you, you will be biased. They say you are biased. And that's what they use in deceiving us Christians. Even in Nigerian political system, they will tell you keep your religion aside. You to you foolishly go and keep your religion aside. Ah, never let put religion aside. Lesson. And the people that is telling you keep religion aside, Islam, religion is the center reason for their political drive. You don't know that, and they are telling you keep your own aside. You are keeping aside. You come out, they will tell you keep your spirituality at home, keep it private. You say something, they will say no. It's his private life. After all, it's his private life. This one is his political life. And this one is his social. This is, this is his public life. No. When did the public life become separated and clipped from the private life? Is it not the same person living both? But the postmodern world will tell you it's a two different thing. When are we going to come out of this mess? The world cannot be delivered. Except you endure it. And how do you endure it? I told you that you do what? You do what? You confront it. That's one, that's one of the ways to endure. Seven dimensions. When I was studying the words of Christ, I told you that Christ speaks of the past, speaks of the present, and speaks of the future. In one sentence. Very deep in speech. You confront it. And he looked at me. That day he was so angry with me. I didn't care. I didn't care. I agree that, I, that you should be one of my mentors. But sincerely speaking, you are aware of the evil going on here. You know. You know about it. And for the sake of one benefit that will not last more than two of your generations... It can last more than two generations. That that benefit you are gathering, say it's investment. It's not investment. Our investment can It can last more than two generations. As a matter of fact, <laughs> one very notable politician in Nigeria, whom, who, whose name I will not mention, I happen to be close to the family a little because one of the brothers is my friend. 
So I'm not directly close to the politician. I'm close to the brother. So I met him and said, this is your brother. Preach to him. You, I believe you're a Christian. Go and preach to him. Tell him to repent. Oh. This whole thing is going bad. His son came back. He has, he has a son. Came back from the overseas. And the man took time to show the son all the, all the investments he has. That is the thing that the son is going to inherit. The boy is one Americana. <laughs> Let me use that word. Are you following me? Americana that has lived all over. He has lived long over, you know, overseas and his brain has been twisted in some ways. He's no longer thinking like the average African. And he looked at his dad and said, Dad, you alone, you have all these things. It's too much. That is too much for you alone to own. And the father, <laughs> the father started crying. <laughs> you know what it means. Any day the man dies, the boy will start dashing it out. So it's too much. So the man knew he's finished. Only son he had. If he had three sons, he would just keep that one aside and go and call him that one. And say that one is, is a wayward child or marife. When I heard it, I laughed. I started praying for the boy that he should receive grace. That, that understanding may he receive grace because it's too much to own. The boy was right. It's time, it's time to... Where are those voices that God is going to raise? In Elugu states, among youths, that will become a voice for the kingdom. Where are they? And the Lord is saying that among you, sit there and listen to me here. Some of you will be that voice that he is looking for. Who will never be scared of whatever the devil is doing. But you can stand as a son of the kingdom and confront whatever you see. That is what it means to endure. Have you not found out that there are people whom few years ago we knew them as people who speak against it, against injustice. People who tell the truth from the, in the talk. I mean, their life is full of confrontation about the truth. About, but few years later, they have changed. And they will tell you it's because he has, he has eaten something. So he, he, no long, he can no longer speak. They even, they even told us that part of the reason is why some of our pastors can no longer tell the truth is because they have eaten something. Did you, have you ever heard such kind of language? Have you ever heard of such kind of language? Yes. Because any day you eat up from the table of iniquity, you can't have the gods to confront iniquity any longer. And so, the way the devil is working hard to, to silence many youths today is to pull you into that iniquity that you don't have a voice anymore to speak against it. Are you listening to me now? Are you listening to me? For you to be a confrontation, I mean, for you to be a confronting generation, you must have distinguished, separated, gone through, so that the devil cannot feed you with the same Kool-Aid. Because whenever he feeds any man with that poison, it, it seizes the voice. It, it, I mean, it takes away your voice from you and kills your utterance. It kills your utterance. You stand to confront evil, you have no boldness. Because the boldness is lost. He has lured you into it. Is masturbation. And each time you want to confront, each time you want to speak of purity and righteousness, your head will drop. Because deep down in your heart, he has already given you the same food. You've ate from it. But today, anything that is deposited in your body, the Holy Ghost will deal with it. The fire of God will remove it. 
And it will have to take you constantly walking under the dictates of scripture to rise up again and recover your voice and speak. The recovery of voice, the recovery of a lost voice is more difficult than losing the voice in the first place. The recovery process. The devil will not want you to even recover. See a man that is delivered of spirit demons. If the enemy can invade again, the Bible said he comes with seven other demons stronger than the first that invaded and hold him. So, so the enemy has a program to ensure that you don't recover. Since you know that you are faced with such a ferocious enemy, why will you play with him? I knew a boy who said he was he is a man of God and preaches on campus faced, has, has all these social media discussion um, um, networks and he was on one I remember he, the post he posted few years ago, that post was what brought me face up with him and he was trying to condemn the church saying that some of the messages we preach are law, whereas we are in the dispensation of the law. That we are no more in the dispensation of the law and we are now in the dispensation of grace. Have you, have you ever heard such a thing before? You've heard, youths, have you ever heard such a thing before? Good. So he posted it. That we are busy preaching rules and laws. That they preach grace and Jesus Christ. And he's always saying certain things that, that are half-truths. That's where it's dangerous. It's not wrong, but it's not it's not totally true. If you are not educ- if you are not knowledgeable in the word, you cannot understand it. That's why I was I was warning all of you to go and read the scripture. We said it in the morning, right? You must complete the Bible at least for reading exercise. How many of you raised your hand that you want to finish the Bible in one, in, in three months or one month or two months? Raise your hand. As in, when we finish, bro, you go for the assignments. Please, when we dismiss, you wait. So that I will give you the schedule. You start reading. You start reading. You start reading. By 2002, before I came into school, I had finished my scripture for the first time and I had gone halfway for a second reading. Before second MB, I had read, I had read scripture again. Through and through. Now, I am doing intricate study. Not because I want to preach, but because I want to understand every nonsense that anybody is going to say. I want to have an argument from scripture to say it's a lie. See what the Bible is saying. And in the process of trying to do this, I am noticing that my understanding is developing. It's changing. Things I see, I knew that I just know by understanding that I shouldn't belong here. I don't even need to pray. I don't even need to pray to know. Somehow the mind of Christ is bringing the discernment. This one is not what I should belong to. The word of God in your life is like a light onto your feet. The lamp to your path. It will guide you. Just the word alone will be speaking within you and guide. It just gives you, it will just give you a mental set. A mental set, which is called mindset. Do you understand what I'm saying? It just it just redesigns you and gives you a mindset. By that mindset, you will see yourself living effortlessly righteous. You don't you won't struggle. You just you will see it happening. The reason is because the word is like a mind machine. Are you listening to me now? It's like it's like a mind machine. 
it works on the mind. That is what the Bible says. Romans in chapter 12 and in verse 1. I beseech you therefore brethren. By the message of God. That you do what? Offer your body as what? As a living sacrifice. Holy. I mean. Offer your body as what? As a living eh, sacrifice. Holy as acceptable unto God. For this is your reasonable act of worship. Then you go down to verse 2. Conform down not to the standards and patterns of this world. But be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Do you know what does that renewal? The word of God. It renews the mind. It, do, it keeps on transforming you. That is why the Bible says you must behold him as it were in a mirror. And as you constantly behold, what happens? You are changed from glory to glory. It changes you. That's the word. It does, it does some serious transformation. Paul was speaking to the Colossians church and he said to them, One of the advice I have for you is that let the word of the Lord dwell in you. How much? Rich. Rich. You must be rich in everything. Before you become rich in money, please be rich in the word. Did you hear what I said? Very soon you, you enter into business, enter into money making ventures. Before you become wealthy with money, please be wealthy with the word. I found out that when you become, when you become wealthy in money and not wealthy in the word, they, you, you must make certain mistakes. Terrible ones indeed. Indeed, terrible ones. And I heard them say, eh, this people that preach law, law, that we are the ones who preach law, that they now preach on grace. Few days ago, that was, that was like three years ago, I sat him down over the net. I started typing and sending to him. We, and to my greatest surprise, I thought he would tell me, yes, sir, thank you, daddy, and believe. He, has, he was arguing with me. I said, ah, when did this small boy develop, develop, you know, fortitude to even argue with? I thought he should believe. I am, I am like him. I believe I should be a father in the Lord to him. And I'm talking to him, and do you know that today many people are now bold? Boldness, you don't understand where it came from. Hell, demonically infused boldness. They stand before you and begin to tell you what is wrong and error and tell you that that's what they want to do. You are wondering. You are wondering. A few days ago, it was not up to a week, he brought this picture and posted on the internet and made a very, a very made a very silly comment. I had to download it. I said I was waiting for him. I said, I will see you when I will see you when I come. Concerning the picture you pasted on the internet. Because the internet has become the greatest destruction of our age. Nobody survives it. It has to do with this picture of maybe the face of a lady that is face before makeup and face after makeup. It's not that kind of picture. Do you know that kind of pictures? Face before makeup, face after makeup. So before makeup, you it is the face of the girl revealed. Then after makeup, face of the girl concealed. Because they have used concealer on it, you know so. So they've concealed a lot of things. So the other one is the revealed face, the other one is the concealed face. So you pasted it. And he said, This is this is the reason why I am not tripped. I am not or excited about makeup on ladies. I say, you again? I thought you were the one arguing these things with me and telling me that I am law and you are grace. How can you face this one and say, this is why you are not treated with young ladies? So I took the picture and I called him on phone. And I said, you have said what? You have buried yourself. You have shot yourself on the leg. He said, do you remember last year when we were talking about this thing? He said, yes. Now he was talking about mothers. I said, you are very silly. You are very, very silly. 
Because you don't play a game with the devil and determine the boundaries for him. Are you listening to me? Tell your friend, you don't play a game with the devil and determine the boundaries for him. You are not talking. Look at him. Tell him, you don't play a game with Satan and determine boundaries for him. The Bible called him the old serpent. Have you ever come across that name before? Old what? Are you older than him? You think he's a small boy? Old serpent. Serpent is, is a, is a similitude of cunningness, wisdom, is skill, is treachery, is deception, is seduction. That serpent. Plus old age on top of it. How can, you, how can you now win him in the battle? And you want to win the devil on his own ground. Ask your friend, can you win the devil on, your, on his own ground? Ask him that question. You want to win him on his own ground? ndibo I look at you and say, oh, he look at you. He's a juggernaut because you think you are smart. Equals put in this state here now. You will talk about guns. No, dear Ben, I'm here. I'm eating. And they'll be laughing at you. That's, that's the devil. Systematically. Are you listening to me? Systematically, step by step, he'll be eating you up, getting you. When you will wake up to realize yourself. <laughs> the game is already over. You are saying, Who, what brought me into this thing? So I told him. I said, when we started trivializing the standards of God. That was where the victory was lost. The day we started trivializing the standards of God. That was when we started reducing God to relativistic concepts. That was when the victory was lost. Because the moment you begin to trivialize him, there is no extreme the devil won't bring you to. It is only a process of time. There is a principle in hell I have decided to call the principle of gradualism. Someone say gradualism. I can't hear you. Someone say gradualism. So, from, from the word gradualism, how can you define it? It's a gradual process. Someone say gradual process. It's gradualism. Do you know that by a gradual process, are you listening to me? By gradualism, no matter what you think, if the rule of this chapel is that this lectern will remain here. And it is a very serious law that if this lectern shifts to this place, that somebody will be punished for it. Alright? There is no problem. By the principle of gradualism, the lectern will come here and nobody will even know it has shifted. Do you agree with me? <laughs> you don't understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. 
Gradualism is very easy. The reason why this principle is deadly is because it works with time. Somebody say time. It works with time. They use time to work. So, I will look at, I will look at daddy, my friend, the Lord. I will say, okay, daddy said this thing will remain here. Oh, Tiko Kwekiwu. Hmm. I'm if I get me. In the year 2017, I will come and shift it like this. I leave it. Did it shift? Say it still looked like it was there. By the year 2019, two years later, gradually, by that 2022, some of the PCC members that are saying it cannot shift have already retired. Some of them have retired. Are you, are you aware of that? Some have gone to the village. Some may have become professors and they've transferred them to, to Abuja. So, the new generation that is coming did not know even in the first place that this thing used to be here. They only met it here. So, this is what is normal. To them, this position is normal in their eyes. So, they, don't, they didn't even know where the church started falling from. Where you met the church is the one you know. You don't know what happened in the past. So, in the process of time, we'll be shifting. I tell you, it will continue like that until this thing, in the next 20 years, it can come here. Those who existed 20 years ago knew it was here. But there are no more to tell you that it is not wrong. That it is wrong. The current generation is seeing it here. And believe that this is where it is. It will only take somebody who knows what it used to be. That is, why, that is why Jeremiah said, when you come to the crossroads, ask for the, the fathers, the ancient paths. Let them tell you about the ancient paths. Let them tell you what the forefathers used to do. If you go and inquire of the four, what the forefather said, the somebody will look and say, ah, no, 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 this is wrong. He said, what's wrong about it? It's even in line with this line. Can't you say that it's fine? It's in line. It's, it's, it's aligned to this. No, 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 no. In the days of our fathers, years ago, it used to be here. This is the position. It's here. And you'll be like, uh-uh. But what, does, what difference does it make? Is it not here and here? What's the difference? There's nothing much. That's postmodern era. It doesn't really make much. Leave it that way. There's no problem. And the devil by gradually is destroying the life of a man. How did he start? I know him. He knows me. The next time. Ah, that young man. He's so nice. He's so nice. Have you not had people who are so nice? He's so nice. He even sent me recharge card. 1,005. He sends me recharge card. Do you know? He, on my birthday, he bought me a lot of gifts. He's so nice. And just gradually. And you are there saying he's so nice. <laughs> and you don't know. They're already, they're already paving the path to the obituary. They're just preparing the obituary. The obituary is somewhere there. You are going. He's so nice. And before you know it, you never had the lifestyle of going out with, with people. You never had the lifestyle. But this time around, I think he's nice. He, he's been a friend. I can trust him. <laughs> I can trust him. Is it not so? Eh? You're not talking, okay? I can trust him. 
Understand? And that is how gradually and gradually. I want to round up. I'll give you the remaining four. But let me say something. By this same principle of eating gradually, termites, termite technology, it's a gradual erosion, gradual erosion. And they go to the foundation and they are eroding it, they are eroding it. They will, they will leave the monument for it to be there. You will not know that anything is going There will be a root termite principle. They will be, and before, after so many years, you think that the edifice is still standing. Only to discover that the decay has eaten underneath and the whole building comes crashing down. You are wondering, what happened? What happened? Everything is okay. It's not. Everything is not okay. Deep down in, deep down, deep down in the foundations, the devil is eating and wrecking havoc in the headquarters. Wrecking havoc in the headquarters. Nobody knows about it. The standards of God can never be broken. Can never be broken. Can never be broken. He looked at a man, notable man, respected. No, I don't want to talk about him. He's heartbreaking. In Enugu State, yeah. in this Enugu State, I can't talk about him. It's heartbreaking. Notable church. One woman, over 25 years she's been around. And we didn't know that she was incubating destruction for 25 years in prayer group, speaking in tongues, bringing prophecies. Yet, in the midst of the tongues and prayers and prophecy, she was the Jezebel, breathing havoc for 25 years. And she was conceived, and the church couldn't know it. That's the devil for you. We just knew. We just knew last year's stroke this year, just a few years ago. But by the time we knew, you can't fight again because the termite has eaten all the foundations. It was too late. It's some of the sadness of, of some of the sadness of my experience as a Christian. And I said, if 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 this is the experience as a of uh, as a Christian, where are we going to? Then I began to understand that Jesus said, It is only he that can endure. Someone shout endure. So that endure. What's the number one thing I say about endurance? Do distinguish yourself. You can't be like them. You must be different. It's not tomorrow now. I will see you because you are singing in, in Chapel of Restoration, band group. You now, you now shave your hair like chicken. Chicken that has grown bigger. And you cut it down and you say, Oh, Holy Ghost, come down. Holy, where is the Holy Ghost coming from? You, more, you can't be like them. Superstars and musicians, they have come up the stage and sang wonderfully the gospel raps and gospel songs. But they, they came out in their tires and in their outfits of, 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 oh, let me remember his name. What's the name of that one that sang, that sang, that, that said that Jesus was not God? What's his name? What's his name again? Kenya West. Do you remember the Kenya West? Is it not Kenya West? Kenya West, yes. Dangerous outfits. And I looked at that one. I said, "You are a gospel artist, and your make, your 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 costumings and stage costume is like uh, that of the, the with the big big uh, necklace. Am I still law? 
I'm the law preacher now. I'm not a grace preacher. But what is it that will not make you different from them? Nothing. You are the same. You're not enduring. What did you say is the second thing about endurance? Go through it and don't change. Go through it. Go through it. Live with, I mean, live in the same compound with that unbeliever. Instead of the unbeliever to change you, you change him. That is mean that that means that, that, that means you're you enduring. As a matter of fact, that is the next word about endurance to influence. Someone say influence. To carry the influence. So it's not just that you are different. Okay, I want to be I want to be in the youth chapel. So I can't belong there. So you stay on your own. We don't go to them, we don't visit them, no. I will just go through them. I will not allow them to affect me. No. I will confront them. No, I don't want to confront them. I will just stay on my own. No, you confront them. Another one is influence. To endure with means that wherever you live, your influence must be known. It's different from confrontation. The Bible said that they said of the apostles, these were the people that have turned our city upside. Did you hear that? Say it again. Upside. They pointed the apostles on there. Turn this community upside down. That is to say, wherever you are, let the influence of the anointing be felt. That's the only way you can resist them. Turn the city upside down. Turn your family upside down. Tomorrow we'll start our sonship. How many of you know about sonship retreats? It's starting tomorrow. Three of my sons in sonship retreats. We finished sonship retreats. They went to their house and turned the atmosphere of their father's compound. Their father gave his life to Christ on, on, before them. The sisters gave their life to Christ before them. Before you knew it, their father was asking them, where, where, do, you, where do you go to pray? And, and they, I mean, they taught their father scripture. And their father became a Christian. A few weeks ago, their father met me. I said, oh, are you the Reverend Moses, my student? I said, no, I'm just their, their mentor. He said, God bless you. My family, have, and I was excited. I am not the one to be blessed. It's those boys that should be blessed. Because they were the ones that carried the influence into their father's house and caused a revival. I pray for you. May you cause revival in your own environment. How can you be in that class? Year one, year two, year three, and nothing happens. And you say you're enjoying it. How can you be saved? This system will swallow you up. This thing is battle for kingdoms. Hello? It's battle for kingdom. If your kingdom does not prevail, their kingdom will open, their kingdom will prevail. Goliath told them, Bring me a man to fight. Bring me a man. If he possesses me, we will serve you. Both we and our gods. Did you hear that? Our gods. So even gods are ready to agree in the battle. So you and them can decide the fate of your own kingdom. Even gods were willing to agree that if I defeat you, your gods will bow to my God. What are you waiting for? Some of you, you sit down in class, the Holy Spirit is telling you, preach the gospel, you are there doing like this. I'm shy. Is shyness the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Is it among the fruit in Galatians chapter 5? Did you see love, joy, peace, patience, shyness, faithfulness? Speak the word. Preach the word. 
preach the word. Be prepared in and out of preach the word. So there is no environment specially for preaching. Everywhere is your pulpit. Look at the front. Everywhere is your pulpit. I was mad with a secondary school, a secondary school principal who is an Anglican. When, when one, of the, one of the students came, a private school, and told me that they, they refused them from preaching the gospel in school. They said they stopped them from preaching the gospel. I went and investigated and it was true. I met the woman in the cathedral and said, Ma, I heard that in your school. You refused them from preaching the gospel. He said, no, it's a distraction. I said, Ma, you say it's a distraction. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a distraction. What else will be the attraction? What else? No wonder. You are producing children who are intelligent but they, they don't even know what they believe in. It's a distraction. What else is, should be their own attraction? And I hear it happen even in schools. My son in the Lord. One of the boys in the secondary schools in Osaka, in the university. He said to them, you can't stop me from preaching. <laughs> Hello? Someone is out of influence. Someone is out of influence. I told him, don't constitute nuisance. Don't cause trouble in the faculty, in the, in, in, in the class. But when it is appropriate for preaching, preach. If the class is free and they are not doing anything, come up and say, please, can I have your attention? I want to share something with you. Preach the gospel. And if they go and report to you and say you are preaching, come and tell me. I'm a priest by God's grace. I'm a canon. And I will go and talk to the person. Cannot mean standard of the Anglican church. It means standard of the gospel. So if we can't correct what is wrong, we are a disappointment to the ordination. And it's unfortunate that this thing called ordination has become some of the most greatest disgrace of the church. Are you aware of that? It's a disgrace. It's hurting. And that's the time we are in. Are you listening to me? That's the time we are in. I was working in the hospital. I was working in the hospital. I was on call. And while we were, we were on call, he started acting strange. He said, my friend, look at what we have on hand. Let's it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm tired. I'm tired. I said, this is your responsibility. Stop doing this. Stop doing this African witchcraft mentality. Come and let's face this business. After all, how much do they pay me in this hospital? He talked and talked. He just said, my friend, I'm coming. I'm coming. And he just walked away. And I said, ha. If you were really a child of God, you should even know that your calling and the grace of God in your life has mandated you to stay and do your assignment. Especially when it has to do with, with human lives and you just treat it like you are not interested and walk away. Influence. Influence. Why would they be the one to influence you? You are, not, you are not enduring. You are not enduring. I told them in my campus, I said, if the Lord brings us into, into the campus, we came to preach Christ. Before we graduate in this school, Christ must be known. It's our own time and it's our own season. They came from all the way from Orca, called voice, 2-2K, all the way from Orca to come and look for me. Just because their Capon had given his life to Christ. In Unek, the head of 2-2K in Unek repented 
we followed him with gospel until he gave his life to Christ and we were following him up in fellowship. They came from Oka to look for us. They came into Unek. And the young man came to me and said, be careful with your movements. They are here from Oka. I said, who? Say members of my courts, court groups. And it's like they are, they are on assignment. They came to queue. I stood. I stood. And immediately, the word of the Lord came up within my spirits. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the vision that overcometh the world even our faith. Came back from posting and entered my room. I told him, come, let's have our evening Bible study as usual. Just a small fellowship time. We are there in fellowship. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, go outside. I came out. I saw two young men standing. Their face were strange. That was an IJ. The host they called IJ. Their face were strange. I looked at them. Ha. I went into my room. So when I came out, I prayed. I described, I described the person I saw to him. He said he's one of them. He's one of them. I said, okay, wait for me, I'm coming. He said, where are you going? Don't go. Don't go. I said, what do you mean by don't go? Whether you go or not, they're already in the, at, at our door. What do you mean by don't go? I said, wait. I prayed and I went out. Came out and stood. He walked up to me and said, good evening. He said, please, we are looking for the room of uh, Moses. He's here, he's Moses. And I'm Moses, he's asking me. Then what was the problem? He said, we are looking for him. So I called, I, I told him, alright, come, let me show you his room. He followed me. We came to the door. I said to him, are you born again? Well, it's good. My exposure has, has, has my exposure has, has, has dealt with my life. I told you, that I grew in the knot, right? Do you remember I told you that? I grew in the knot. I've seen killings. Three times, the, 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 the slaughtering has come close to my throat. God saved me. My friends were burnt in the fire, in the riots. Somehow I survived. Two, two of us were running. Two of us were running. They shot their guns and he battered the head of my friend. And his brain scattered. And part of his brain spilled on my body. And he fell. And was dead. And I was pursued. Until I ran into the house of an, of an Islamic man. And the man took me. Put me in his room. And when they came. Said, why ain't they cooking him? Why ain't they cooking him? Yawuche. Yawuche. Wanayarone. I said, yes. Yawuche. He was speaking to them. Who are you looking for? Is it that small boy? He said, he went through my back door and escaped. I was inside his bedroom hearing it too. And that was how I was saved. And the man looked at me. Because we were taught, we were taught the Bible from childhood. He looked at me and said, who are you? He said, I am, I am, my name is Moses. My father and mother are so so and so. We go to so so church. <laughs> I didn't know that that was implicating me. He looked at me. He thought. And he kept me in his house that night. By the next one, he told me to go. The, war, the battle was still on. He told me to go. I got up. I knew that they were shooting and killing. I came out. I remember the prayer my mother used to pray and my dad used to pray. I prayed the same prayer. 
And I, I told God that my dad used to pray that in the midst of battle, that you will shield your children and they will not die. Say, Lord, I'm entering this to go home. Shield me. I went in. The riots were going on. I was going to run in. Seeing the death going. Until I caught, I went into a place they call Mondo. Very close to the military camp. I ran into the military quarters. When I came into the military quarters, they told me, where are you coming from? I told them, I was coming from Hanyabanki. They say, from Hanyabanki to Mondo, you. You came. How? I trekked. You trekked. Say yes. I crossed their boundaries where they set up barricades to kill people. I came and passed. They were still there. You know, chanting and sharpening the knives, cleaning blood, sharpening. I just come and pass. If God can save me, is it ordinary court boy on campus because of one bullet that I will not preach Christ? One bullet. How many passed my head in Kaduna and God spared me? If that's the bullet that will kill me, then I die for Christ. To live is, is Christ and to die is influence. You must come that far with Jesus. Be ready for anything. By the time I was preaching to him, he now recognized that the person he asked was the Moses he was looking for. I was in your neck. And he was starting recognizing. He said, I think, what's your name? My name is Don Konyo. See, nonsense. The nonsense they answer and they call the name. Don Konyo. Some of you that, that like nicknames, instead of you to answer the name your parents gave you in baptism, that God recognized. That was the name that God had the day they brought you for baptism. They, call, they, they called you clear name. You go to campus and you change it. You start answering what I don't know. Rizzi. What is Rizzi? Rizzi has no reason and has no meaning. It's just a nickname. Don't call you. He pulled his gun and showed me his pistol. He just did this way. Showed me his pistol. And said that, that I, have, I have dead them. I have dead them. When he was saying that, I found out that it has become a battle of words. I said, oh, thank God. That's the one I have. Utterance. Isn't it utterance? Utterance is what we have. Say, my friend, because I have preached Christ to you, if you go from this campus and you've not accepted Christ, I don't know what will happen to your life. Better receive him now. As for your gun and your triggers, you can't pull it here. If you pull it here, God will catch. God will hold you responsible. He looked at me. He was staring. He turned and left. By the time he got to the gate, I think they had a shootout from, from a suit and they killed him. Yes, from a suit, they killed him. He had had issues with a suit. The a suit's neighboring gun, head that he was around, he's a, he's a target man. He came looking for another person. And the predator became the prey. It's unfortunate he didn't repent. And I looked at the Capon, who was now in Christ, and I told him, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. When you were a Capon of the court, you were ready to die for that court, right? He said, yes. I said, now, be ready to die for Christ. It's not anything different. It's the same. It's kingdom. It's kingdom business. I pray for you this evening. As you are listening to me, may the anointing of God rest upon your life. I didn't hear amen. I said, may the anointing rest upon your life. When you carry that influence, that influence that your society will see, 
Recognize that you are of God and not of man. How did that influence? One of the altars we confronted in a, in a place, we went for mission to plant a church. We went to plant a church and the man said, they told us that the reason why churches have not survived there is that for over, over many years, the moment they plant churches there, the church collapsed. The moment they plant, the, the evil force of the land was so strong that they wouldn't let anybody survive. The pastors that came, they, they killed them and they all ran off. And while we were praying, I came into an, I, we came into the place. After preaching, the power of God came down. I'm talking about influence. What is going to happen on, upon your life that you step your feet in a territory and in two weeks, three weeks, one month there, the kingdom of God is known. It doesn't happen instantly. You grow in it. And may your growth begin from this evening. If you believe in Saturday, believe in Amen. been a missionary for so many years of my life. Went to plant a church. As I speak to you, many of our youths are in August mission. 30 days of mission. 30 full days. Volunteer missionaries. The August holiday mission field. In my diocese, over 160 something youths now are in our mission field. Some are in Cameroon as I'm talking to you. Others are in, others are in Afibu. Some are in Abakaliki. Some are in Far West. One is, two is in Togo. We sent them. After taking time to gather in the place of prayer, they are launched out. Go and preach the gospel. Revive dying churches. Plant new ones. Pastors will be raised to come there. After the sonship retreat for Sunday to Tuesday, the youth in sonship retreat will be going to preach the gospel again. It is Christ for all nations and Christ for every heart. And that is the only way we can exercise the influence of the cross upon our lives. It doesn't stop us from becoming professional. I'm still a doctor. And I'm still working. It didn't change it. You can still be an engineer and be a preacher. Is it not possible? Is it not possible? I'm still a doctor. I'm still studying. I'm still in school. You can be a lawyer and be a preacher. It doesn't change your professionality. And if God calls you, I don't think that every call of God stops you from being a professional. I don't think so. Maybe some can say, leave everything you are doing and come. But in this end time, I think that more of the calls of God is, is, to, is, to, is to package the professional man and launch him back into that field to go and change the field. So, in medicine, there should be ministers there. In engineering, there should be prophets. I mean, I mean evangelists who know the things of the Spirit in engineering... It is the marketing. You carry the Holy Ghost to that department because the devil is also hunting for every department. Are you aware of that? Yes, so carry the Holy Ghost there. That's the warfare we are in now. Not for us to gather in the church and, and be saying we are all men, men of God inside church. Carry it to your, to your working place. Carry it to the place of work. Carry it to your classroom. Carry it to your faculty. Carry it to your department. Carry it to your lecturers. Is it too big for you to win your lecturer as a combat? Is it too big a thing? So when are you going to carry that influence? That was one of the meaning of the word endure. Anytime you are ready to risk everything for Jesus, then Jesus will be ready to risk everything for you. 
came into the place. That was one of the places I saw that this thing we call African deities and idols are real. Some of them carry life. Life. I mean, they can move, they can talk, they can react. You say idols are mute. Idols are lame. They are blind. They can. They have eyes. They cannot see. It's not all of them. Some idols have eyes and they can see. They have hands and they can strike. I met one. Hello? Are you listening to me? I met one face to face. By the time we came into the place, the satanic priest who was who was a custodian of custodian of the of the relics and the evil saw us and he fled. I told the friend, when a man runs like this, then we should hunt for him. We went, called him Naibia. I believe Yozioma. I won't Yozioma. I believe Yozioma. We came and we we came for we are made we are on medical missions. I oh no, you know, I all good. You know, so doctors were available. So he came. He came. So if you have seen, I told brethren, pray. This one is a satanic priest. By the time he gets, say hello. Let all the powers that were manka kanyala kanya mankiti, all of them should be nullified by your are you listening to me now? Allah should be nullified. That when you lay hands on him, you are touching with, you are checking. That contact is breaking the forces of heaven. Of course, it happened before us. He was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable. When we were through, I started preaching to him. Accept Christ. Yeah, he agreed. And as he accepted Christ. I led him in the salvation prayer. He prayed it. Thinking it was just a word of mouth, just a talk. He was, he was, he thought he was just talking. After praying the salvation prayer, battle, I mean, there was commotion in the realm of the spirit in that community. There was commotion in the realm of the spirit. The man came back to me and said, Insobode, Insobode. What is Insobode? I just knew also. Oh, so this man knows the realm of the spirit too. I said, okay, me, me too. I know the realm of the spirits. Fanabamba, don't worry. I got an email more. The man looked at me and said, hey? <laughs> I said, yes. We got that. I called Dr. Mecca. I said, brother, gather. Let's pray. Let's pray. This is a sign that this man accepted Christ, but there is trouble in the realm of the spirits. Let's pray. You will exercise dominion. The reason I, mean, I pray for you. Wherever you enter, may you exercise the power of Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid about it. Don't be afraid about it. We began to pray. Pray with him. It was good to see how the baptism of the Holy Ghost can come upon a satanic priest. The Holy Ghost came upon him. And when he was rolling on the floor, we were praying, casting out the remnants of of, of, of the forces of darkness that has enveloped him for years and decades. And by the time we were through, we gathered the clan, the, 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 the heads of the community and the elders. And we began to preach to them about the reality of idolatry and idol worship. And we told them the difference between tradition and idolatry. That there is, in Ebola, there is what is called tradition, but that is what idol was. Idol worship is not tradition, it's not culture. Idolatry is not anybody's culture. Masculinity is not anybody's culture. The evil culture has a, has a way of life. But idolatry is not our culture. We need to separate it. The people understood by the word of the Lord and agreed to give up the idols. But the men told me, 
That is it. Very important. We have agreed, but the problem is if you can go and remove that God. If you, are, if you can remove it, fine. And I found out that when men say we agree, go and touch that it. It means that they are convinced about what they are talking about. Hello? And my encounter showed that they, they were convinced. Because we entered that shrine, and by the time we were touching it, there was an inner chamber with a door. And I struggled to break the door. When I broke the door and opened it, it was a big room. When I looked, it was empty. I didn't know that by the corner of the room is where the main head of the idol was located. The one that moves. Until I went in. Stepping in and turning, it came by a force. With all the dirtiness and bloodstains and it hit me with the dust of the body. The heat was very real. I mean, it was real. But there was something I felt which I knew the Holy Ghost was more real than I do. And what I felt was just very clear. There was, it, feel, it felt like there was a wall behind me. And it was the wall that the evil hit and not me. Because it hit me but I couldn't feel an impact. But I knew it touched me. And it went back and stood. Then I spoke in the spirit because it was a sudden attack. I began to pray in the spirit. Horribly looking. It was one of the deities that killed people in the community. The community people say they know. Each time they provoke that thing to go and kill. It comes and the people see this. Lord cast them and he kills them. Kills them. They showed me the clothes of people the deity has killed. Each time one Balalu, the deity will go and kill the person. They will collect his clothes and material and come and put it in front of the deity. So you will see so many clothes showing you the glory of the destruction of the deity. Until I stood in that place and I was watch, I was looking at it. Praying in the spirit. My friends heard the movement. Mike knew something was wrong. The people were staring. What is going on? And I was hearing the noise. And I began to pray. I like you to know that when you rebuke anything in the name of Jesus, they respond. There is power in that name. There is power in that name. It was by that, that strength. We finished praying. I called a brother. We caught hold of that beast. Lifted it and took it through that door. And brought it outside. And the whole community screamed and ran away. That is it. With a knife in hand. With knife in hand. That's, that's the date. Evil. And that was how it was killing the community. Putting the whole people under bondage. The only way to resist that evil which the enemy had raised over the people of God is to carry grace and the anointing to resist them. And after that, for the first time, revival came in the community. For the first time. After this, the church was planted. Only then did the church of Jesus Christ prevail.
The knife is dead, is there in the hands. With which it causes his destruction. I didn't know it would go this dimension. I would have put a lot of things on the screen for you to see. And if it was projected, you would have seen it. I would have had series of them shown for you to see. But I found out that the evil which the enemy had raised against God's people cannot stand if nobody if nobody speaks. So I pray for you this evening. Before I leave this evening, I'm going to be praying. I don't know how long we are supposed to stay here. But I'm perceiving in my heart and in my spirit that somebody will be empowered this evening. Something in your heart has been desiring to carry God and represent God. But you can't represent Him because the forces against your heart is becoming too strong. It is time to be empowered. You can't endure if you are not powerful. It takes powerful men to endure. And so the fourth dimension of endurance is power. Power. The power of God upon your life. If it is not there, you can't be endured. So, I thought it's the seventh dimension. Power of God. You, you ought to be powerful to endure. It's only powerful people that endures. If you are not strong, if you are not powerful, you can't go through some, some, you can't go through some things. It's not possible. You have to be powerful. That's what it takes to endure. Oh! He that shall endure to the end. He that will remain powerful to the end. And I found out that power does not come without the anointing. Yes. You can't talk about power and you don't talk about the anointing. Acts 10.38 How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost and what? And power. And power. He went about doing good. He did not that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. This evening, I hear strongly in my spirit that for you to endure, your life must reflect the grace of God in these seven dimensions. And in Second Peter chapter f- chapter two, in Second Peter chapter one and in verse five, he spoke about certain qualities. And that brings me to the last one. When Jesus Christ said about endurance, he's talking about a collection of qualities that makes you withstand the test of time. Quality. A collection of kingdom quality that will make you withstand the test of time. Quality is that characteristic feature of a product or a material. That confers upon it the ability to satisfy a particular standard. That's quality. So when Jesus Christ said, He that can endure to the end, He said, He that can have some qualities. That's the next, that's the next Greek rendering of that word endure. And I said, If it means qualities, what are those qualities? And immediately I asked, what are those qualities? The Holy Ghost said the qualities are in Second Peter chapter 1 and in verse 5. And I went there and I said, beside and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. And what are the qualities now? Number one, knowledge. Open that scripture. We will round up there. 
Everybody open your Bible. Second Peter chapter 1. Open your Bible. Second Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 5. Six qualities that you must carry. Otherwise you fall. If you don't carry them, you fall. As a matter of fact, even Peter said it. That if you carry these things and you are bound in them, you will never fall. Which means you will endure. Second Peter chapter 1, somebody read from verse 5. Loud voice with microphone. And beside this, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Add to your faith what? Virtue. Number one, quality, you must, if, you can, if you must endure, you must be a person of virtue. Yes? And to virtue, knowledge. And to virtue, you have knowledge. You must be a person of knowledge. Yes? And to knowledge, temperance. Temperance! Yes. And, and to temperance, patience. Patience. And to patience, godliness. Godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Love, charity. Yes. Read verse seven. Read verse eight. For if these things be in you, if these things be in you, and abound, and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren. Nor they will make you that you will never be barren nor fruitful. Yes. Nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the knowledge of you cannot be a barren Christian or fruitful Christian, which means that many can be Christians and still barren. Many can be born again and unfruitful. Yes, I've seen it. I've seen people in church years after years. You are just church. You are just church. Nothing else about your life. You are not fruitful in evangelism. You are not fruitful in kingdom. You are not even. I mean, God has no use for you. You are just there, and that's a dangerous way to be because you will soon die out. But if these things abound in you, you must be fruitful. It's a certainty. Scripture cannot be broken. Get these things and you will see your life producing fruits. Wherever you enter, instead of society to endure you, you will endure them. If you influence you, influence them. That's what I mean. Read on. But he that lacked these things yes. is blind. He that lacks these things is what? Blind. He's blind. So a child of God can be blind because he's not talking about he's not talking to unbelievers here, he's talking to Christians. So you can be here and scripture is clearly saying you're a blind person. Oh, what a wretched life. To be a son of a king and you are blind. Is that, is, is, is that normal? I'm asking, is that normal? What a wretched life. Yes? And cannot see afar off. You cannot see afar off. I have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Yes. Verse 10. Wherefore, the rather Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Did you hear that? Give diligence to make what? Your calling and your election what? Sure. Continue. For if you do these things, if you do these things, never fall. What did he say? What did he say? You can never, you shall never. When scripture says that, it's an absolute statement. Can the Bible be serious? Do you believe that this scripture is serious? And scripture is saying, if you do this, you will never fall. Forget about what is, how many people are falling. You, you will never fall. As endurance, qualities. Qualities to carry. I wish I had the time to break these qualities down one by one, scripturally. You, it will blow your head. Virtue alone 
can take us a whole day is moral excellence. Moral excellence. Moral excellence. Did you hear what I said? Moral excellence in character. Moral, that's virtue. Virtue is moral excellence. It's a state. Knowledge is what I'm trying to, to tell you about. And you cannot stand anywhere without the knowledge in God's word. With, that's not even a scratch of it. How much more the rest of the qualities? If these things are bound in you, you can't fall. Some of you are going to be voices for Christ at home. Some of you are going to be voices for Christ in the streets. Some of you will be voices for Christ in the church. Some of you are going to be voices for Christ in, the, in your schools. In your places of, of learning, in your places of business. Some of you ought to be voices for Christ. I pray for you. You ought to be voices for him. It's only those that shall endure to the end that shall be saved. I, I used to think that that scripture meant to live a pious, holy life and be hiding and be living so timid and, you know, you know, just go your way. I didn't know that it was a verse that means rise up and face the situation and become a voice for the kingdom. I didn't know it was a voice that says, bring out the militant grace of God upon your life and see evil and confront it regardless of who is involved. Tell him that this thing is wrong, sir. Sir, this thing is wrong. According to scripture, they will say you don't have respect. Rise upon your feet. Our God, He lives forever. His name is greater than all. 